The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. My name is Gene Marks. I'm here with Kathy Brummich, who is the Chief Marketing Officer communications officer here at the Hartford. Um, And we're going to talk about metrics. We're going to talk about marketing and numbers and data to hopefully help you figure out what metrics you can use to run your marketing programs in your business. But before we get started on that, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by the Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, the Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers. Check out the Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. Okay, welcome back. And Kathy, welcome back. We've already had a couple of conversations already about people. But uh, listen, uh, I'm, a, I'm an accountant. You're an accountant. Mm-hmm. We can talk about numbers. Uh, for those of you that have not listened to any of our other uh, couple conversations that Kathy and I have had, Kathy, you come from a financial background. I do. Many years spent as a CPA, which that's a certified public accountant, mm-hmm. which is very bad that you let that lapse. I'm mm-hmm. very disappointed mm-hmm. in you. Uh, but somehow... I moved on to greener pastures. You took a bigger and better mm-hmm. thing. But somehow, you there was a position that was made for you here at mm-hmm. the Hartford. Just mm-hmm. again, just very quickly. What was that story again that you moved into a marketing role from being an accountant? Well, I mean, even if I just go back for a minute, sure. I'd love to tell this story about how I got hired. So the company I had worked for was a technology company. It was acquired. They relocated to Atlanta. I'm looking for a job. And you, decide, do, you did financial work to back financial okay. work. Okay. I decided that I'm going to network into insurance. And I didn't have insurance expertise. And this is the insurance capital. But once in, you know, I'm good. It's the insurance capital. Long story short, I actually got hired. And I learned a lot from this because I didn't know anything about insurance. And I was joining a company that had employed folks that were subject matter experts. And I had a certain naivete. And the idea was that I would maybe ask questions that the company had stopped asking itself a long time ago. And as a result, caused us to rethink some of the things we did. So I got hired because I didn't know a lot about the category. And the other piece was I was an extrovert working on a team that was largely introverted. Hmm. That wasn't in the uh, job qualifications, and that wasn't in the spec for what they were looking for, but it was somebody who said, I need to do something about the team dynamic that is different than the team's composition today. It was a very um, important lesson for me to learn. But my transition into marketing started with an opportunity to lead our direct-to-consumer business and personal lines Um, That was really mathematically driven. So you're trying to figure out what's the media mix I'm going to put in market to drive a response, somebody to come in, get a quote and purchase insurance. And you're trying to optimize the different channels and how much you're willing to spend within each channel and an aggregate to generate leads at an affordable cost. So my finance background was the transferable skill. And then I had a great team of folks who were creative geniuses um, who had that covered and taught me a lot about that side of the business. It's all data driven though now, isn't it? I mean, it is, it is, mm-hmm. it, is it is all about the mm-hmm. data. I interviewed about a year ago and I, I apologize because mm-hmm. I forget the, the, the gentleman's name, but he was the chief marketing officer at, at Heineken. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were going to start a campaign to introduce like a new mm-hmm. line of, mm-hmm. of beer and it was going to be at bars and restaurants or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
they they bought data where they knew the exact demographic of the type of customers that were going to be in certain types of bars that were particularly like this type mm-hmm. of that they were going to offer. And and he knew going into it before they spent any money that what what the results of that campaign was likely to be. You know, you never know that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do you find that as well? Like when you start a campaign, um, do you just you can can you imagine a marketing officer now just sort of just taking a, a chance, you know, just like like shooting from the hip and going from it, you know, you know, that doesn't happen today, I think does it? There are, you know, situations where that still happens. People are just true believer in sort of the arts and crafts aspect of marketing. Does that happen in a Fortune 500 no, company? No, but I, I'm going to come at it just a little bit differently. So in our direct-to-consumer business, as I was describing, it's all data-driven. And yes, you can buy lists. And yes, you can append your own data with list data and create segments and tailor your messaging and the whole nine yards where we've really been using data inside a company that is largely distributing through distribution partners. So we don't always have direct access to the consumer. They've got the data on the consumer. Until they become a customer of ours. We've been using um, what we call net promoter score, but a pretty comprehensive study where we evaluate what are the drivers of an a distributor being pleased with the Hartford and choosing to place business with us versus a competitor. So let me back you up for a second and let mm-hmm. just the net promoter score, which yep. I'm going to ask you to Explain. define that more. But you are, again, if you're running a business mm-hmm. and you're listening to this podcast and you're selling through distributors, mm-hmm. independent people, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Um, and you need to have a way to, to gauge how effective mm-hmm. they are and will be, mm-hmm. The net promoter score is something that can be helpful. So what is that and how do you use it? So net promoter score, it's been around a long mm-hmm. time. But you basically ask somebody, would you recommend this company to your friends and family? You're I'm, asking the distributor or the consumer? Yes. Okay. Both. Okay. So you start with, I can't get a customer until I've made the distributor happy. So I'm asking the cool. distributor, would you, recognize, would you recommend the Hartford to a friend or a family member on a scale of zero to 10? And I, and I apologize for mm-hmm. just specifically, is the Hartford asking them these questions or do you have an independent, it's like a survey firm or mm-hmm. just somebody that's, that's asking on, on your behalf? Um, we do both. Okay. But where we get the most value is we do a blind survey. So we ask somebody else to field the survey that we design. And we're basically asking, say, a distributor to evaluate the Hartford. You know, would you recommend us? That's the first question. And then what we'll do is ask them to evaluate us as well as three other competitors on 20 attributes, zero to 10. And then we apply statistical techniques to determine what attributes are actually driving loyalty. Hmm. And so then we know how we're performing, how we're performing relative to the competition, and where to focus improvement. Do the same thing with customers, though in that case, it's less about the competition and it's more about our own execution. And it helps us to understand where we're getting it right and where we have room for improvement. And just as importantly, what interactions actually matter the most? This is so survey-driven. And is this done, I mean, this is a big company, so Mm -hmm. is this done mostly internally, all the the conducting the surveys and then bringing back the data and crunching the numbers? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, but you know what? There are survey tools out there that are pretty inexpensive. Yeah. And it really is, go back to, do you really understand or do you think you understand what matters to your customer? And are you getting the feedback that you need? 
so that you can take action where action is likely to drive repeat business or referral business. We just have the complication of we need to sell through a distribution system. So we need to satisfy both. But it is a pretty disciplined process where we're getting feedback in enough granularity to understand we do really well with handling billing, but <laughs> maybe course. we need to do a better job yeah. explaining a price increase at renewal. And that's how we focus our efforts to drive better customer experiences. That's fantastic. Okay, so that's um, that's really good for existing mm-hmm. distributors and mm-hmm. existing customers and, mm-hmm. of course, learning from mm-hmm. them. Let's talk about some metrics regarding new customers. Mm-hmm. When you do campaign, you, you, mm-hmm. you have a big marketing budget and you've got mm-hmm. a lot of people they're doing content this podcast you're, mm-hmm. you're certain mm-hmm. campaigns emailing mailing what all different mm-hmm. things. and like every business you're looking for new mm-hmm. customers mm-hmm. what metrics do you use to judge the effectiveness of a campaign for new business did we convert the okay. number of customers and did they stay with us ah so uh so let, let's dig into that so mm-hmm. First of all, you're sending out a campaign, you say people convert, that means people, you, you mm-hmm. sold them something, yep. correct? They did what you wanted them to do. They either, you wanted them to read a white paper, or you wanted them to not buy selling, an insurance, not okay. not necessarily, or so buy insurance, action. or you wanted to cross-sell something, or you wanted to influence retention. You have campaigns focused on all of those things. Got it. And so, this, go ahead, I'm sorry. So are you getting somebody to engage with whatever it is you sent them? And does that engagement lead to a positive outcome? It could be purchasing. It could be retaining longer. It could be, why don't you try and do this online instead of on the phone? It could be selling another piece of business that makes sense for that particular customer. So when you're sending out these campaigns, you have multiple campaigns Mm -hmm. that are Mm -hmm. running. Um, Do you have from a metric standpoint... And again, a lot of this depends on the industry and the mm-hmm. business, but what do you consider to be a successful campaign? If you send out a hundred emails asking mm-hmm. people to download, say, a mm-hmm. white paper mm-hmm. for argument, say, what, what, what do you say? Like, wow, that, that worked really well. It's so a tough this is, It totally depends on which business we're talking okay. about. So we um, are the number one company for disability insurance, and we sell group insurance. If we could generate one new customer is a national account customer that's big premium business that is a home run right whereas for a small business you know you're really talking about if you're not generating you know at least a 20 percent response rate it's probably not worth that's helpful that's exactly what i was really different the metrics are appropriate to who you're trying to reach and how much revenue is involved will determine how much I can afford to spend or how much I need to convert. Um, do you, I, I'm not sure, we can look this up uh, separately, but um, do you know like what percentage of Hartford's revenues go towards marketing? Do you know? And I ask that because business owners ask me like, how much should I be spending on marketing? You know, 10% of my revenues, 5% of my revenues. Um, is that a number that... that, that I don't even know if you know the number or if it's because it's... So it depends on what you want to call marketing. Okay. So for some of our businesses, we are distributing through a sales force and we are equipping the sales force and we're paying a commission to the person who distributes. And if you were to add all that up, that's probably 15, 16% of revenue. Mm -hmm. In our direct businesses... 
Um, it really is about you know, what percentage of revenue you're going to invest in new business versus retention. And that number varies depending upon how competitive we think we are, what the market conditions are. But you're probably talking about a similar number. Got it. Okay. It's just you're spending it differently. In a direct business, you're spending it on advertising. And in a B2B business, you're spending it on your sales force, arming your sales force with what they need to promote your company and then paying a commission to the person who's representing you. What are your thoughts on advertising, particularly for a small business? You know, I think you always have to get your name out there. Obviously, the best way to get your name out there is through existing customers who refer you. But I just think you have to be visible in whatever way makes sense. So you should have a website. You should have a social presence. Um, I think it's just important that you show up when people are searching for information. Mm -hmm. So branding is important. People should be recognizing the Hartford. I mean, the Hartford is partnerships with MLB and Mm -hmm. with AARP Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. other just because it just gets the logo out there. And Mm -hmm. that's something that you, you can't really track that by metrics, but there's this tangible Mm -hmm. thing. So how do you, how do you justify those non-trackable things to your bosses? So even with our MLB and our advertising, what we do measure is top of mind awareness. So what we're trying to move is our more customers when asked the question, when you think about personal insurance or when you think about small business insurance or you think about group benefits, what companies come to mind? We want to come to mind. Mm-hmm. And if over time we can demonstrate more people would name the Hartford when asked those questions, now we've at least gotten ourselves into the consideration set. So we do measure that, and we measure that on an annual basis to make sure we're making progress. Once they're aware, well, how does that show up? Are you getting more traffic to your website? Um, are you getting more engagement in social channels? Mm-hmm. Is that awareness translating into more activity on earned and owned properties? It's funny. You talk a lot about surveys. You talk a lot about talking to your customers. To me, it's all about that. So Hmm. my big thing with my own teams is the notion of marketing being about advertising. Those days are over. It's not that advertising isn't important, but in the days of social media, whatever you say, you better walk the talk. And so I advocate that marketers are really about customer experience. What experience are you trying to deliver? Because you know that's what your customer expects. And how are you doing? And if you're not getting feedback from your customers, how can you really know other than by how much repeat business you get? And repeat business is a lagging indicator, not a leading indicator. It's funny because that, that's it just proves just how ignorant I am mm-hmm. in, in my mm-hmm. business. To mm-hmm. me, I'm like, if the customer's paying the bill, they must be happy. And that's what, and that's... But somebody else can come along and make them happier. And, you know, you can over-survey too, but we are really diligent about making sure we understand changing expectations, and they are changing, and then how well are we delivering against those expectations. And none of us have a never-ending source of money. We just want to make sure we're getting the feedback we need to know where to spend the $1 we have to spend. Got it. How you talk about changing uh, expectations and the world changing, what metrics have changed 
for you over the past 15 years here at the Harvard? If you were to look at mm -hmm. the metrics you were using back in the day mm -hmm. versus what you're doing now, what, what's changed? I mean, I do think it's sentiment, right? So sentiment. think about social. So I, I look at customer sentiment. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's number one. And number two, I'm really, really focused on understanding what's driving retention or maybe said differently, what's driving attrition. Mm. Um, we always focused much more on acquisition because there was a fair amount of inertia in our category. So you didn't have to focus as much because who wants to spend time thinking about insurance? That's changed. People are much more self-empowered. People aren't as loyal as they used to be for a lot of good reasons. And as a result, we're just as focused on retention as we are on acquisition and developing metrics and understanding what, what types of people tend to stay longer and why is that? And is it something about we're not meeting an expectation or is it just something about some customers are stickier than others? Hmm. So it's not all about just lead generation. No. On no. metric is customer no, retention it's as well. just as much about customer retention. Don't get me wrong. You always have to be investing in new customers. But as we've been talking throughout these podcasts, it's really probably more important that we retain the ones we have. Um, let me finish on this. Um, uh, we talked mm -hmm. in another session about mm -hmm. performance reviews, and I brought up like how you get evaluated mm -hmm. um, because, you know, it's a senior executive as a company. So you're the senior marketing mm -hmm. person. What what metrics do you get evaluated on as far as the performance, the specific metrics are of importance mm -hmm. to the powers that be? Can I demonstrate I delivered business results? So at the Hartford, marketing and communications is also accountable for digital, so customer-facing digital capabilities. So from a marketing perspective, I can drive people to adopt digital channels for service, and I can measure whether they were able to complete what they came to do online. Hmm. If they can't complete online and they have to call, I was not successful. So I can measure, am I driving more people to self-service? Are they able to do what they intended to do? And as a result, am I eliminating phone calls? Um, I, can, I talked earlier about unaided awareness. Am I increasing people's awareness of our brand? And am I having an impact on how they perceive our brand? Because that matters to distributors, and that matters when distributors are presenting the Hartford to a customer. I manage traffic to my website, and I manage what are they doing when they come there. And again, are they able to do what they intended to do? We measure um, our rankings in search engine. We measure the engagement with the content that we publish. Those are all metrics that we establish at the beginning of the year, and I'm held accountable for those metrics because we're able to demonstrate how those metrics either save money or generate revenue. Do you have a favorite marketing metric that you just, you, you know, you, this is the one that you look at every week or every day. Like this is I'm just, this one definitely drives me. That's a good question. I'm going to say no. I would say the one thing I care about the most across is an abandonment rate. Mm. So if I got you to come to my site, you didn't do anything. Mm. That's not success. Mm. Or if I got you to try and come online to pay a bill and you couldn't pay the bill, that's a problem. So I'm less focused on sort of what things are working and I'm more focused on what things aren't working. That's the accountant in you, right? Mm -hmm. You're focusing mm -hmm. on the negative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So why couldn't somebody do what they, well, why were they coming here and why did they leave? Kathy Bromwich, thank you very thank much. You. Appreciate your time that we thank spent. Um, learned a lot about metrics this session. This has been the Small Biz Ahead podcast. My name is Gene Marks, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, you joining us on a podcast in the future. Thank you, Gene. Take very care. Much. Thanks. Pleasure. 
Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.